Mr. Jim Denning, former Minister of Finance and Chair of the Alberta Pension Plan Engagement Panel, uh, to provide an update on where we're at with the public engagement process, and I'd say the, the process overall. Before I invite Jim to the podium for a few words, I'd like to provide you with a brief summary of what has led us here today. In 2020, the Fair Deal Panel released a report with a range of recommendations for government's consideration, one of which was to explore the potential of creating an Alberta pension plan and withdrawing from the Canada pension plan. Uh, the first step was to engage the expertise of an expert external independent firm to develop a detailed analysis of the costs, benefits, and structure of a potential provincial plan. That work was awarded to Toronto-based Morneau Chappelle, who shortly after became LifeWorks. Our government com committed to sharing the results of that report, which we did this past fall, as a starting point to explore the potential of an Alberta pension plan with all Albertans. Uh, using the best information and analysis available and appointing a talented and trusted engagement panel with Jim at the helm, we have seen tens of thousands of Albertans review the report and participate in a range of engagement activities where their voices could be heard. I recently met with Jim, and he provided me with a status update from the panel that, uh, in the continued spirit of transparency, I wanted to share with Albertans uh, immediately. At this point, I'd like to invite Jim up to the mic to go over the panel's observations and recommendations in his own words. Jim? Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you, Graham. It's been a long time. Um, as the minister said, my name is Jim Denning. I chair the engagement panel for uh, the proposed uh, Alberta pension plan. And uh, the first round of our engagement has come to a close, and I wanted to provide an update, as the minister has mentioned. Our panel held uh, five telephone town hall meetings during October and November in the five regions across the province, about 15,000 people participated in each session, either by telephone or online, with over 76,000 participants in total. If you'd uh, had the pleasure of listening into any of those, you would have heard 142 people contribute live during the meetings, and we logged about 3,800 comments and questions uh, throughout the process. It's fair to say that we heard from many Albertans who oppose the idea of exiting the Canada Pension Plan and moving to an Alberta plan. Many of them quite passionate. There is no doubt that this is a sensitive issue for, for a, lot of, a lot of people, but especially those who worry about a vital source of their retirement income. But we also heard from a number of Albertans who are entirely in favour of an Alberta pension plan. Some of them supporters of the government taking greater control of the province's destiny. Some thinking it a good way of enhancing our financial sector. And others supportive of an APP because of the savings it might offer either higher benefits or lower premiums or both. But there are many people, many people, who still need more information before deciding. They're concerned about how an Alberta plan investment fund would be managed, whether their pensions would remain portable. And, of course, the big question is the number. What is Albertans' share of the Canada Pension Plan assets if an Alberta plan is established? 
Albertans want greater clarity around that asset transfer. <clears throat> From the panel's perspective, uncertainty around the asset transfer is a barrier to moving our engagement discussions forward in a meaningful way. It is hard for Albertans to provide concrete perspectives when many variables concerning an Alberta plan depend upon the size of that asset transfer. Our panel had originally intended to host in-person engagement sessions following the town hall meetings in October and November, and we thought we would host in-person sessions in December, followed by another round of meetings in the new year. However, we believe it, it would be prudent to schedule these meetings after Albertans have greater clarity about an asset transfer number. The federal government has committed to ask the Office of the Chief Actuary for its perspective in this regard. While that perspective may not settle the matter conclusively, it will provide additional context and assist to making our panel's conversations with Albertans more productive. In the meantime, our panel will engage in other elements of our mandate, such as how an investment fund ought to be managed, how it ought to be set up, and then how it ought to be managed. There's aspects around benefits administration. There are issues around portability, both inside Canada and beyond. And we will continue to explore those aspects through meetings with investment experts, business groups, and seniors groups over the next few weeks. As promised, back in September, our panel released a workbook. It's at albertapensionplan.ca. That the workbook invites Albertans to read, digest, and comment and complete that workbook. It offers plenty of space for qualitative feedback, and we have no doubt that Albertans will be open and frank with their comments as they have been to date, and we strongly encourage that. So on behalf of the panel, I want to thank everyone who has participated in the process so far. I want to thank them for their patience with us and for the wisdom and thoughts that they have contributed. Back to you, Minister. Thank you, Jim. Uh, I'd like all Albertans to know that our government understands the concerns and questions related to the possibility of a provincial pension plan. When I was first briefed on the LifeWorks report, I had many of the same questions. Uh, I did see the potential and, and now understand the importance of province-wide deliberation on the promise the report holds, but I also saw the need for assurances while we have these important discussions. That is why very early in this engagement process, I introduced the Alberta Pension Protection Act so Albertans could rest assured that their future, their retirement is secure no matter what. Albertans have worked hard to build a solid economic foundation for our province and the entire country has benefited from our efforts. <clears throat> it's no surprise then that this topic has gained so much attention across the country. Uh, however, the federal government has made clear that Alberta, just like any other province, has the right to expo explore a provincial pension plan. Alberta's government is hopeful that the Office of the Chief Actuary's work can be completed promptly so that Albertans can have as much information as possible as they consider the possibility of a new plan. Albertans wanted more precise information on the value of the asset transfer Alberta would be entitled to receive if it were to withdraw from the Canada Pension Plan, and we are listening. 
I'm very pleased that the engagement panel is taking a prudent measure by giving the Office of the Chief Actuary uh, the time required to release it to the findings of their opinion on the asset transfer amount and any other information on the CPP withdrawal process from the Government of Canada that we're waiting for and have repeatedly asked for. I also sent a letter to the Office of the Chief Actuary asking for more details this week. Alberta welcomes their actuarial calculation on this important issue, and I'd like to thank them in advance for their work. I'd also like to thank all members of the Alberta Pension Plan Engagement Panel, Moin Yaya, Mary Ritchie, and of course, Mr. Denning, <clears throat> for their commitment to listening to Albertans and for their thoughtful approach to responding swiftly to what they've heard today. We have been clear all along, Albertans will choose what happens with their pensions. We will put the interest of Albertans first and respect whatever choice they make. It is necessary to receive the Office of the Chief Actuary's comprehensive analysis to progress this important conversation. And my commitment to Albertans is that once we have more information, we will share it. So thank you. I now turn it back to Savannah to moderate the Q&A. Great. Thanks, Minister. We'll now take some questions from reporters. Just a reminder, one question, one follow-up. State your name and LA for the record. I do ask if you're in person just to raise your hand. Dean, I see you're ready to go. I'll go with you first. Yeah. So I just want to clarify something that you said in the House, because one of the key questions we've heard at the town hall is how is this fund going to be managed? What is the investment strategy? Will all the funds be returned to maximize profits, or will we follow the Quebec model and perhaps use some of that money to invest in other provincial projects? As so, okay, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, on October 12th, you told Jesperson, uh, Quebec model, that's off the table. We're not doing that. In fact, I'll bring in legislation to make that clear, which we never saw. A few days later, your office said, no, 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 the, uh, the Quebec model is still on the table, and Albertans will have a decision to make. On Wednesday, you told the House, because the NDP brought an amendment saying, we need to clarify your conflicting statements. And you told the House, quote, I've been clear, assets transferred from the CPP to an Alberta pension plan and future contributions of employers and employees will solely, solely be used to set up and operate a provincial pension plan. So now the Quebec model is off the table. So I just want to clarify that. So the Quebec model now is off the table. Is that correct, Minister? Well, what Bill 2 says... It's a simple bill. It says that any asset withdrawn from CPP can only be used to set up and operate an Alberta pension plan. No. Yeah, but we're talking about future ones, Minister. So I need to clarify. Future. Future. Minister, you know what I'm asking you. You have told Jesperson that we're not going to use a Quebec model. You, your office has told me you are going to use a Quebec model. You told the House this week you're not going to use a Quebec model. Uh, Are you going to use the Quebec model? The LifeWorks report doesn't say anything about the investment strategy or, or, or who should do it. It's very clear that that's not what the report is about. What Bill 2 says is that any asset withdrawn can only be used for the setup and operation of an APP. You're hedging the answer. I'm going to make, you're hedging the answer. You're not answering the question. So I'm going to assume that the Quebec model is still on the table, which means in the last 10 weeks, you have stated a policy, reversed it, reversed the reversal, and then today reversed the reverse reversal. So, my, my question is, sir, with respect, why are you flip-flopping with Albertans on this critical question? I have never flip-flopped on this issue. Go back to what my comments were. I've, I've said that it could only be used for the setup and operation of a plan. Now, what I said was, 
I, I have no idea what the panel or future Albertans are going to advise uh, a government of the day to do, but I've been completely clear that if Albertans are to go down this path of pursuing an APP, this is what we put in Bill 2 to speak to that, that it can only be used for the setup and operation of the plan. Minister, is the Quebec model okay. on the yeah. table or off? What do you, you tell Albertans? The, the Quebec model... If, if Albertans were to come back, if we were to go through this process and say that this is exactly what they want, they would have to have that conversation with the government of the day. For Albertans to decide to go down this path, it can only be used for the setup and operation of the plan. That's okay, what thanks, Minister. Graham, yeah, go ahead and ask a uh, question. Jim could I ask you a question? Sure. Well, come on over to the podium then. <laughs> the follow-up to that. Um, You'd be looking, you said you won't be stopping your work, you won't be doing any more public engagement. But this whole issue about um, how do we invest the money, and you know the CTP better than I think well, anybody because if you worked in it 30 years ago, um, the CPP doesn't tie itself to just Canadian companies. Mm. Um, is the Quebec, in your mind, when it comes to investing, how we invest, is the Quebec model a possibility that you might recommend to the government? Graham, it's a good question. Uh, we've made it clear that we're listening to Albertans. And throughout uh, our five town hall meetings, we heard from some Albertans who said, absolutely bloody no, do not go down the Quebec model route. And then on the other hand, there were a number of Albertans who said no, that using some of those funds, this is what they said, not what I'm saying, but what Albertans said is, yes, use possibly use some of those funds to build and enhance the Alberta economy. So we're, we're listening. We're hearing both sides. We've not finished our engagement process. And once we get greater clarity around the number, we'll uh, recommence in-person and town hall meetings. On that issue of chief actuary and the number, um, it's a pretty complicated issue. The formula is very clear. How soon, I've talked to some experts who figure this could take a year to hear back from the federal government, and also they may just give you a range of numbers, like not one fixed number, but a whole range of numbers. How do you see it? Again, you know how the CPP works, and you know how complicated this is. How soon do you expect to get an answer from the chief actuary, and do you expect it to be one number or a whole range of numbers? I have... Uh, the, 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 the chief actuary will report to the Minister of Finance for Canada, who will then report to the Minister of Finance for Alberta. So it's not, it's not for, for me. No, no. It, you're, I know you're asking. I, I'm trying to explain. And I know you want me to stop explaining and get to the, the nugget you're looking for. But the fact is, we don't have an expectation. We're hopeful that it can be done hopefully by mid-February, no later than, than Q1. It, 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 Graham, I learned in government, there's no problem we can't make bigger. And I don't think getting this number out of the chief actuary should be a monumental, lengthy task. Thanks, Jim. I comment on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> well, I, I would just say, you know, I think it's going to be it's very tough to speculate. One of the one of the things we're trying to see clarity on, we've reached out to Minister Freeland's office and the chief actuaries, is to how is this uh, initiative being proposed by Minister Freeland to the chief actuary? You know, what are the terms of reference? What exactly is she asking the chief actuary to do? So I'd I'd like some details on that. When it comes to the timeline, 
I really don't think we can speculate. We know the chief actuary has better data than the publicly available data that LifeWorks had to use. But as far as timeline, I, I think any speculation would be kind of uh, challenging at this point until we at least hear back from Is Ms. February something that um, you might agree with uh, Jim Dittinger on? Well, I'd say it's, it's, that is, is hopeful, and I, I hope to get some clarity when I go to FPT uh, next week. Um, talk to Minister Freeland, but... Uh, Michelle, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I guess sort of the larger question is, though, Minister, why, 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 why are we continuing with this? I mean, there's been so much pushback, and we know there's been a lot of pushback. We know that, you know, you have, you know, Premier's office has received a lot of uh, emails against this. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. And now we're hearing that we're going to sort of pause the, the consultation. What's the point of continuing? Like, like why? Well, I think we've we've started this process. You know, um, we released the report. Um, very pleased that the that the federal government at least um, participated in the sense that they want to get the chief actuary involved. So I think it's important to see what the chief actuary comes back with. This has been talked about for a long time in this province. So I think um, getting that number and seeing that through, while we obviously uh, are. Taking, uh, taking some time on the engagement side because we've heard the challenges around clarity of the withdrawal number. But I think it's important to, to get that number and, and have, a better under, have a better understanding about this initiative. Um, it would seem premature to just uh, pack it in if that's what you're... Is it, is it really premature? I mean, we've been talking about this now for many months. I mean, it doesn't seem to be, seem to see, we're not seeing a huge shift in public opinion. Well, I'd say that's all we've done is talk about it, right? We've released a report. We've had a conversation about it. So I, I don't see a challenge with getting more clarity around around the number. And then it'll be much easier to determine if this uh, has any potential to proceed or not after that. Okay, great. Thanks. Matthew, yeah, go ahead. Matthew Black with the journal. Uh, you talked about some of the feedback you've gotten. You gave some how many you've gotten. Are you able to break down that in favor of pro and against the uh, Alberta pension plan yet? As far as feedback to the panel, my guess I'd ask Jim to comment. So in round in round numbers, uh, our, our our take on what Albertans told the panel was that about 50% of Albertans say no, no, don't go to a APP. About 20, 25% have said. We're in favor of it. And I'd say then 25 to 30 percent are are still uh, are still undecided. And they've said, give us more information. And even those who have expressed opposition have said, no, but no, but I need more information. So I think that the buckets are 50, 25, 25 plus or minus. Okay. This question for the minister. He said in the House earlier this week you were going to uh, request an update from Deputy Prime Minister Freeland on the actuarial. Did, did you get a response? What was the update? Uh, no, we're, we've requested it. I guess we've sent a letter uh, asking where we're at on this, but I, I know I'll see her next week. Uh, FPT's in Toronto, so I guess we'll follow up. We haven't heard back from uh, Minister Freeland's office uh, or the chief actuary uh, since she made clear that she was going to get them involved in the process. Um, but, and our, through through some of her commentary, you know, we kind of expected that they would want to reach out to our department and at least have a information sharing session, and that hasn't happened yet. So, 
Yeah, we just need to get a better understanding if the Minister Freeland's prepared to give terms of reference to the Chief Actuary. Better, we better understand the timeline of that first. So. Okay, great. Yeah. Jana, go ahead. Uh, just a question for Mr. Ginning. Um, I, we listened to at least three of the town halls where you were really defending this <coughs> report and this 53% number saying it was by professional actuaries and a highly reputable <coughs> firm. Now it feels like you're saying, oh, well, people have doubts about that number, so we absolutely need to see this other analysis before we can move forward and take this back to Albertans. What changed? Have you lost faith, or do you more have more no, doubts about the yeah. LifeWorks report conclusion? Look, the, there's been one actuarial report done. One. Morneau Chappelle did that report uh, a few times, actually, and, uh, and concluded that uh, with their findings... It's a gobsmacking number. Uh, there isn't anybody that I know who isn't surprised by the number. But if, but as I read through the report, uh, I, I pulled out my own handy-dandy calculator and went through the numbers, and and found that over that number, over those period of years, that contributions by Albertans and their employers were X. Uh, Benefits paid to Albertans in column two were Y, and X minus Y adds up to $60 billion over 55-plus years. And that doesn't include the amount of interest that's earned on the accumulating balance. And that is, that's how LifeWorks has come up with the number. Lots of dispute about it. Doesn't not people have, have disputed it from since day one? And what the what the government has wisely done is said, okay, federal government, you're 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 overseeing the CPP. Tell us what your opinion is of that number. And I think asking the chief actuary for Canada, another actuarial professional certified actuarial expert, to opine upon the number. It's the smart thing to do. And what, as I said in my remarks, what we found is that the, the, the difficulty with that number was, was a barrier to further and, frankly, better conversations with Albertans about what an Alberta pension plan could look like. And I don't, in that sense, we've learned through the process uh, that Albertans are concerned about that. And, it, and we want to help break down, maybe not totally eliminate, but at least break down that barrier so we can have productive conversations after there's more clarity. I just want to follow up on Matthew's question. Um, well, first of all, 25 plus 30 plus 50% adds up to 100%. I said 50. <laughs> <laughs> I said 50. And then I said, excuse me, 20 to 25 would be 4. And I said, I, look, I, I, don't, I don't have... I don't have the calculator here with me. I'm giving you a sense of the conversations that we had with Albertans on, on the five calls and then other commentary that's come in. So uh, I, I, I don't have, a, I don't have the, 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 the calculator number you're looking for. I'm giving you a sense of what the panel has heard in the first five town hall meetings and additional engagement. So this is from your notes or is it a vibe? I'm sorry? It's from your notes, it, or it, it's it is from the notes that all of us took during the uh, town hall meetings. Okay, thanks, Jim. We're going to go to the phones now, and we'll come back. Um, Operator, can you put through the first caller? 
Jonathan Bradley, Western Standard. Hello, Mr. Jennings. Thank you for taking my question. So you spoke about the large number of people coming out to these panels, but obviously many people aren't. What are you going to do to try to recruit more people to come and offer feedback? Plow on. Uh, it's the it's the only way we're going to engage more Albertans. And I think that there is. I, I said back in September that this is this is a rinsing and soaking process. That Albertans didn't have the facts that are in the Morneau Chapelle report. They now have that. We've put out a, a, a workbook at AlbertaPensionPlan.ca that asks more questions, leaves more room for more narrative comments. And ask Albertans if 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 the stars I'm 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 paraphrasing here, but if the stars lined up the right way, would you or would you not be in favor of an Alberta pension plan? And and so, I think of this. It's a, it's an awful like like it's an awful lot like a long project. God knows I've been through the renovation from hell. But before we started the renovation, we thought, what do we want? How much can we afford? And before the project was done, a long time later, we went through various go, no-go states positions along that project. And today, we're really in the design phase of this project. The government has said, this is what we want. We want Albertans to know about this. We want them to think about it. What options do they want? How much money is involved? And we're, we're very much in the early phases of where an Alberta pension plan could end up. And there'll be plenty of go, no-go points along that project's development. Savannah, just a comment. Um, Catherine's question on uh, you know, the LifeWorks report, just something to make clear. One thing that... Uh, were encouraged about the chief actuary being involved is that LifeWorks, Morneau Chappelle had to use publicly available data. The chief actuary has access to a lot more precise data. So that's something that we're, um, we think will help as we see clarity around uh, the calculation. Okay, my follow-up question is, um, Assuming Albertans don't support um, before with the Alberta Pension Plan, um, one possible alternative could be reforming the Canada Pension Plan. Where do you stand on that? Uh, this is Mr. Denny. He, he reformed it once. <laughs> <laughs> once was enough. <laughs> did, did you have a comment for the gentleman? I guess we don't we don't have much uh, to give you there, sir. Um, but uh, I'd say that uh, if that was the direction or the the CPP uh, needed to be reformed for whatever reason, that uh, everyone would have to move that direction. But okay, much to say. Yeah, thanks, Minister. Um, next, we're going to go to the operator. Operator, you put through the next caller, please. Terry Kate, Globe and Mail. Yeah, thanks for taking my question. Um, this entire exercise is predicated on the $334 billion, and now you're saying, well, people found that number unrealistic. You budgeted $9.3 million for advertising and for the consultations. Why did you start this 
process um, with a number that you are now conceding is not realistic? Well, I, I'm not saying it's not realistic. I'm saying it's it's the number that we had. You know, if you want to equate what this means on to contributions or benefits, that is the best that is the best information we had through the process. Even the the LifeWorks report shows a range from 260 to 364 uh, billion dollars due to the fact that they're using publicly available data. So I think. The important thing is you have to use the asset number to figure out what it means to contributions and benefits. And we were having this conversation with Albertans. I think you have to say, uh, this is what this could look like. Now we're in the pursuit of clarity. If the number changes, it will change what that means for benefits and contributions. So uh, after the feds involved the chief actuary, any communications uh, that you would have seen just drove people to the engagement panel and uh, the numbers that you spoke of uh, weren't part of the advertising at that point. Are you surprised that Albertans rejected the report that you put forward or appear to reject the calculation? Well, I think they want certainty. They want to understand. It's a it's a big number. It's it's hard to get your head around. I know it was it was hard for me as well until you dive into how they come to that conclusion. Um, so no, I I, don't, I think it's a it's a challenge for for people to to think how how could this be possible? And then you you dig into the report. You look at the formula. You see how it's how Alberta's contributions have. Um, really dominated the net contributions since the early 80s uh, through 97. I think we had 49% of the of the pot in, 90, in 1997. So it would hold that a younger population, uh, more people participating in the workforce, uh, higher, higher earnings uh, could make those things uh, possible. Um, and then when you when Jim helped reform the plan in 1997 to increase contributions to, to build a wedge and, and grow the pot, um, our net contributions grew a lot of investment income. Operator, next caller, please. Tim Burst, CTV. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Both of my questions are for the minister. Um, first, First off, I, I mean, we, we know that the ACP would need 50% uh, plus one support in a referendum to, to pass. The panel finding out, you know, half of all people, 50% of all people are saying no to this, and that's with what most experts are calling a pretty optimistic estimation as far as asset transfers are concerned. My question is this. When do we say... Okay, that's enough consultation. Albertans don't want an ATP. This is not a road that they want to go down. Well, I think depending what comes out of the, the chief actuary's office, their opinion on this, um, I'm sure um, we'll have to see if, if we agree with it. I think there, there, we will need clarity on what they've actually been asked to do by Minister Freeland's office. If they've been told how to in interpret uh, their legislation. I think that will that will be interesting. Um, but I think if we get that number back and it changes the math uh, substantially for Albertans, and Jim goes back back out in the field, and if people say, well, you know, this this looks worse. Why is why uh, 
why does it look worse? Jim will explain it, and then we'll we'll see. If if public opinion isn't on our side, then it'll be pretty easy to um, be pretty easy to make that decision. My follow up question: Public opinion, you know, quote unquote, is a, is a pretty broad statement. So, is, is there a specific number here that we need to reach? before we, we scrap this idea and stop spending money on advertising and, and public engagement and, and things like that? Uh, I, I wouldn't want to, to speculate in that regard. We, we see the we see at, at the LifeWorks report asset withdrawal number, we see what it means on the contribution side and on the benefit side. Um, if you're asking me to give you a, a range of potential numbers where where I think it's it's favorable for Albertans, I, I don't know if I could do that, and probably wouldn't want to speculate. But okay, thanks, Minister. We'll now go to the next question on the phones, operator. Chris Barco, Cabaret Herald. Hi, my first question is uh, for Mr. Dinning. Mr. Dinning, you talked about the feedback that you've gotten and the split between Albertans who are in favor and against it. Can you give me a sense on what feedback you're hearing from employers, from businesses that are also uh, involved in this conversation on the ABP proposal? What percentage are for, what percentage are against, and what feedback are you getting? Chris, uh, we don't have a breakdown yet of, of employers uh, compared to uh, workers or other Albertans. We, I, I can't give that number. Okay, separate question uh, for the finance minister. Minister, just following up on your fiscal update uh, last week and the economic outlook, I'm just wondering what impact you think that the oil prices falling below $70 this weekend, maybe more importantly the emissions stat that the federal government announced the details on yesterday, are going to have on industry investment uh, next year. Uh, no, great question, Chris. I think oil did come back to 70 at least. It was down to 68 there, but I know you follow it closely. Um, you, I know you know the sensitivities uh, in our in our analysis of uh, what it means for the forecast. It's about $630 million for every dollar of WTI uh, over the course of the year. Um, Mid-year did show that we were projecting uh, higher numbers in non-renewable resource revenue, about $1.3 billion. Uh, that was driven largely by liquids and condensate. Uh, but, yeah, it's the, you know, OPEC has a meeting and, and says they're going to uh, have voluntary cuts and the oil price goes down. So it's a it's an interesting geopolitical time, uh, especially around around the price of oil. Um, I think uh, I think there's there's some things in in Alberta's favor as well. We have um, oil sands operations reaching maturity. I think there's three a year over the next three years. Uh, that will help. We have TMX uh, still pursuing line fill, I think, in second quarter of 24, which should narrow the differential uh, long term. Uh, so we have those things in our favor. But um, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. It's uh, it's very very impactful. Did that answer, Chris? Was there a second part to that? Pardon. Not just from the economic standpoint for the province fiscally, but also just for the economy broadly, whether you're thinking or whether you're hearing 
that the emission cap or the falling oil prices are going to impact capital spending rising or falling dramatically? Yes, the emissions cap. That was the other part of your question. Um, I met with the chief economist this week uh, to go over our forecasting and theirs. Um, we usually do that annually at mid-year. Um, and I kind of posed the question to them. They're very concerned about productivity in this country generally. Um, you know, I think the emissions cap, besides um, being an unconstitutional effort by the feds to hinder the uh, economic potential of the entire country and Alberta, um, is a challenge. But the economic, it was interesting getting the, the economists' take. You know, I think their, their take is they'd like to see the opinion of the next uh, federal environment minister because they think that uh, there's going to be change before this policy c- could ever be implemented and that it's um, it's one that would be too impactful to Canada for a serious government to pursue. Thanks, Minister. Operator, next caller, please. Kevin Sabo, Settler Independent. Hey, question for the minister. Uh, your government has said continually that the Albertans will have their say as far as the Alberta pension plan goes through a referendum. However, at every turn when asked, there has been no commitment to make it a binding referendum. And I'm just wondering why that is. Our our Bill 2 references the Referendum Act, Kevin. Um, only uh, constitutional referendums are binding. Uh, I think any, any government that's going to ask a question of this uh, consequence um, most definitely should be prepared to follow through on the, on the wills and wishes of Albertans. Um, but frankly, we're not even to a place where we're committing to a referendum. We're focused on the engagement and the consultation, and we'll see if this initiative has enough support to take take to a referendum, or I'm sure a lot of that can be discussed, but uh, we're very much focused on getting this number from the chief actuary and uh, seeing if this should, should be pursued. Okay, thank you. Okay, no follow-up. Um, we're going to go back to the root or operator. Actually, is there any more callers on the line? No other questions from you at this time. Okay, we'll go back to the room for one more question. Shaylan, yeah, go ahead. I'm just wondering when you do get a number from the chief actually, what if you just agree with it? Are you just going to accept it or are you planning on taking any action to fight it? I, it's, a, it's a good question, but I, I think it's challenging to, to speculate. I would like to see the numbers, see their conclusions, uh, see how they interpreted the, the federal legislation. Um, I think you'd have to go through that entire process, um, but I, I don't. Uh, I could see I could see places where if the federal government asked them to. Uh, come up with a calculation that we would say is is outside of the the way their legislation is written. I could see us having a some kind of a challenge over that, um, but I think it would be too early to speculate. We'd have to see what the number is, but more importantly, understand how they got to it. We the chief actuary's office uh, 
is very transparent, so they will publicly make public the terms of reference. We'll be able to see what they've been asked to do, and I think that will give us a lot of clarity on, you know, is, is this opinion on this number the appropriate one? Uh, and just to follow up in terms of investment and managing it and uh, the questions about the Quebec model, I, I understand from what you're saying, you're saying you're going to leave it to Albertans to sort of dictate those terms, but you've also said that nothing with the Quebec model was really discussed in investment management. wasn't really in that LifeWorks report and that Albertans keep saying they want more information. So I'm just wondering, are you planning on providing more information about different investment models to Albertans so that they have the information to decide, or how will that be incorporated into consultation moving forward? Well, as Jim's discussed, it comes up kind of organically in the in the conversations with Albertans and, and the panel. Um, I think what's important to understand is for, in 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 our opinion, what Bill Two says is that if if Albertans want to pursue that this, any any withdrawals that can only be used for the setup and operation of a plan. I think any other question about um, investment is is honestly one for a, a later date. I have enough information. Thanks, Minister. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. That concludes our press conference.